Well, it's a pleasure to be able to uh, speak to the question of why I'm a Wesleyan. Uh, in some respects, um, I'm a Wesleyan because of my initial conversion into the Christian faith. Um, I was brought up a Protestant, um, but anti-Christian. And that has to be explained, namely, our identity as a family was ethnically and I would say politically Protestant in the north of Ireland. And that meant we were broadly in favor of the union with Britain. But our attitude to the Christian faith was uh, really um, no thank you. Uh, and we were especially leery of people who were too enthusiastic about Jesus. So I grew up in that world. My father was killed in a very bad accident when I was small. Um, my mother was left with six boys. We belonged in the Methodist family. And I was sent to school when I was three and a half because I was such a tearaway at home. And one of my earliest memories was not just actually going to school that early, but my earliest memories was the memory of the Methodist ministers who would visit our home. And they would do two things. One is that they would um, pray, which was very strange to me. And the other is they brought what was called the orphan money, which was money which was collected at communion, at the Lord's Supper, sent to Belfast, and then distributed to those who had lost either both or one parent. So from the beginning, my attitude to Methodism was always, uh, these are great people. I want nothing to do with all this Jesus stuff, but these are, these are good people, and they help my family, and they're the only people that take us anywhere for a holiday on a seaside, um, the Sunday school outing, and so on and so forth. Uh, and so I grew up with a constructive attitude, particularly to the Wesleyan and to the Methodist tradition. Um, in my middle teen years, um, I ceased to uh, believe in God. It may have been a bad dose of intellectual measles, but because of the wonderful warmth of the care that had been exercised in my family, I thought I need to think about this for really for th three months. That's, that's, I thought three months will do. <laughs> and um, that was a very, very risky thing for someone at my age to do because I started reading the New Testament when everybody was in bed. And I started thinking about uh, sort of very cosmic things about God and the world and so on. And in the middle of this, I found myself, and I'll not go into the details, coming back to belief in God, and then effectively finding myself totally overwhelmed by the figure of Jesus. And the heart of it was that the invisible God had become visible. Now, I was still going to church through all of this, and I would sit in the top balcony in Enniskillen of the Methodist Church there, and when the sermon was going on, I would actually uh, take out the hymn book and pretend I was reading the hymn book. And I was listening very carefully, actually, to the sermon. And we had a wonderful, wonderful pastor there. Um, and eventually it all got to me to the point where I had to commit um, to Christ. And further, I felt this inner call to the ministry. And clearly it was the ministry of the Methodist Church. So the bedrock of my being a Wesleyan is I didn't know any other version of Christianity in a way. I found myself called to work among the people called Methodists. And after I was converted, I read Wesley without actually uh, realizing that I should be bored by reading this 18th century figure. And I found him, particularly his 44 sermons, uh, what I call his canonical sermons, especially helpful. So then I began my, my journey in the academy, went to Queens and Belfast, came to Asbury Seminary, which was a phenomenally good experience. And believe it or not, I lost Wesley when I went to Asbury. <coughs> and that's because I got interested in Dr. Bible study and other matters. 
And uh, it was simply that the 18th century and Wesley went dead on me. <coughs> and then I went off to Oxford, did a degree in philosophy, and went back to Ireland where I wanted to work. And I got sick. I got the flu, which I loved because then I could lie in bed and read. And I had actually purloined a set of tapes by Albert Eutler <laughs> uh, on um, John Wesley. And suddenly he opened up the 18th century and he opened up Wesley. And Wesley became an absolutely fascinating figure to me. Now this was an evocation in terms of my normal academic work. And uh, what happened then is I continued my other work until I ended up at Perkins and I moved into systematic theology and was actually thinking of, of uh, and evangelism and was thinking of moving from Perkins and suddenly the dean showed up and we went to a nice breakfast at one of the local restaurants and he said, I'd like you to take the chair in Wesley Studies. And I thought, well, you know, I love Wesley and I love Methodism and I'd love to work on that. So that's a good idea, so long as I can do the other things that I do. So what's happened really is that I got deeply intoxicated with the beauty of the Wesleyan and Methodist tradition. I find myself drifting away from it when Wesley went dead with me, on me. It was given back to me <coughs> because I could read him in his context. And then I got to actually study the aftermath of Wesley in the history of Methodism on into 19th and 20th century, which is, which is really my, in 21st century, which is where my interests are. So I've come back full circle. And I really think um, this is a, a, a wonderfully robust and relevant and powerful interpretation of the Christian tradition. And I think Wesley was right. It would be, I said that God, what God had done in Methodism, <coughs> somewhere or another, it would never be lost. And I actually think that's the case. And while a lot of my writing is um, outside the terrain of, of technical Wesley studies, Part of my work in Wesley studies is to cultivate an interest in this figure. And right now, for example, I'm, I'm editing a set of his 44 sermons, <coughs> which I think are an extraordinary handbook of spiritual direction. <coughs> uh, and I don't think there'll be a deep version of the Wesleyan tradition unless we actually start reading these sermons and finding out what he's doing in them and make them our own. So um, that's my latest project in wanting to make sure that there is going to be an, an, an instantiation and version of the Wesleyan tradition in the future. And we'll leave it to God as to how, a lot, how all that is going to work out. <laughs>